Let's do it. Welcome back to another summer soaked <laughs> sweat fest episode of Short Bus Cinema. I just hey, I just made that up off the top of my head, Johnny. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, if you don't know who we are, I'm Rick. I'm one of your hosts here. And along with me is my buddy, my pal, my friend, Mr. Johnny Krug. What is up with you, my friend? What is up, man? We're back to do a uh a movie that's gonna just—it's it's gonna take us all over the place, and I'm excited, man. <laughs> oh man, yeah, just a plethora of emotions. <laughs> you start running out of things to say because we run into the beginning of this, and we don't want to reveal too much about the movie. But every time it's like, yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into the movie in a little bit, but I feel like it's one of those situations, like four rooms, where you have so many different hands on it. But this one didn't have that. This one had just had a consistent crew. There was you didn't have different directors or anything. I just, well, I'll be honest with you. I actually fell asleep watching this one. So it, it, it had a little trouble keeping me going at some times, but it's okay. Uh, it it kind of makes up for it. Uh, it's, <laughs> this is a bizarre one, folks. And what we are talking about is called Scream for Help from 84. Is that correct? 84, yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, this movie is definitely screaming for help. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. But I wanted to say something real quick. Uh, we've had some some other projects that have been going on, and I want to bring up Johnny and, and Joseph, which was on the show not too long ago, have created a new show called Ninja Terminators Are Our Superiors. Is that right? It is. It's correct. Or I call it Intows. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I don't think I've told Joseph that yet, but I just tell you, hey, listen to Intows. <laughs> right. So, uh, and guys, you know, if, if you enjoy Johnny, which I know you do, you wouldn't be listening to the show. You need to go check that show out as well. And Joseph, I mean, the two of them are going to have a fantastic show. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. I listened to the first episode. I really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah, man, just keep on cranking up. And Joseph will be coming back from time to time to be on this show as well. I've also got House of Wax going, which I like to call Hal. <laughs> We're big on shorting things down. So, uh but yeah, there's you some more stuff to check out. We're trying to keep up. We got a lot of guests coming up on this show. But before we get them on here, we've got to get through this movie. And uh, it's going to be a task, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do oh, right man. now, we're going to take a little short break. We'll come right back after this. Get out of the way! Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, yeah. ah, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. 
No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Now for our feature presentation. Scream for Help from 1984. The IMDb score for this is a 6.1. This movie is written by Tom Holland from Child's Play and Fright Night. And this movie is directed by Michael Winner, who did The Sentinel and a couple of the Death Wish sequels. Yeah. So right there. But also, the soundtrack's done by John Paul... Wait, yeah, John Paul <laughs> yeah. Jones, right? Right. right, yeah. Yeah, from, from Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, well, because it's just so weird to think that, because when you hear the music from this, it doesn't at all resemble anything you would expect him to do. Not at all. And, and I want to dig a little further into that because I saw it and I was like, okay. And, and, uh, I was just telling Johnny before we started, I just covered demons on, on House of Wax, and I talked about it was the dream team coming there together, you know, the, the, the top writers of the time, the top directors of the time, the top musicians of the time doing the soundtrack. And this has got the same combination, and demons is like a dream come true for an Italian horror fan, and this thing is pretty much anything but that. <laughs> this <laughs> This should be awesome, and I don't know. It's about as flat as a pancake, if you get what I mean. <laughs> oh man the uh i mean the soundtrack in this too i mean it's, it's very made for tv it's very uh it, the whole the thing about it is it's very the movie itself is like that in general it's very airy the whole thing is just it, it never finds its tone <laughs> but this movie stars rachel kelly mary Ma- uh, marie masters david allen greer no it's <laughs> david, <laughs> <laughs> david allen brooks that'd be awesome if david allen greer was in this yeah, it would. lolita lore and rocco sisto a lot of people, I, I mean, all these people have been in a lot of things. They're character actors and stuff, so they're, they're very like they're noticeable when you see them. But I mean, you wouldn't know my name. <laughs> it's, it's but just, um, it's that weird combination too, because even when it starts up and you see it's a Lorimar production, you're like, okay, there's some clout behind this already, you know? Well, this got a theatrical release too. That's crazy. <laughs> I know it. It did, it did not. This movie did not seem like it would it would play in a theater, just because. Yeah. Just before you before we even start talking about it, this movie to me is like all the tone stuff aside. It's very it's like an after school special that exactly. they decided to make rated R. <laughs> With some, I mean, there's there's some sex scenes in this that you couldn't even show on Cinemax. <laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah. Like the, it's the weirdest combination. It's exactly I think it's like a after school special. That's exactly what it feels like. 
And uh, we'll show you some examples of that as we go along. But yeah, just a bizarre mix. And I'm such a fan of the Sentinel. So I was like, okay, I dig this director. (laughs) And yeah, it's it's nowhere in sight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well the, well, the movie starts. You get this this opening narration. the The main girl, Christy, or to me, yeah. she she looks like an '80s version of Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> she uh, she thinks her stepdad's trying to kill her mom, and it's funny because this whole thing is said narration, and it's said again against that music. That's very like, it's very like, uh, it's very upbeat. The music's not. I mean, she's talking about her mom, you know, being like targeted for murder by her stepdad. <laughs> And there's there's no sense of dread or anything there. It's like it's like the it's like the theme from like the Wizard of Oz, whatever. Well, with you know, I've actually got. <laughs> I, I said it opens like an episode of Little House on the Prairie. Is what it reminds me of. Even it really the does. Nar- even the narration thing, and then it goes because that's exactly what that show did. So here's a sound. Here's a sample of the the beginning of the movie. Here, my name is Christina Ruth Cromwell. I'm 17, and I live in New Rochelle. I think my stepfather is trying to murder my mother. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a lot of exactly murder music. (laughs) (laughs) Right from the get go, it's like, what is this? If there's any complaint I have about this movie, that's the main thing right away is that it's like they didn't know what kind of movie they wanted to make. So they just threw them all in there. <laughs> it's and I don't know if it's did John Paul Jones even see this movie or did he just just decide to write some songs and they just stuck them in the movie because I don't think he saw it, this. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. And it's this way through the whole movie. So you hold on to your hats, folks. It's going to be a good one. That night, she wakes up out of bed, and her uh, she hears a bunch of banging on pipes. So she goes downstairs, <laughs> and her stepdad's walking out. He says he's been up late uh, writing a paper, but right. he's coming out of the, the basement area where you know there would be pipes. And he, he pretty much just tells her, oh, I'm going to bed, whatever. <laughs> and, he's, he's in uh, his pajamas, and he's got like a lighter in his hand. I'm, I don't know if he's smoking a cigar or something, but... <laughs> It's just so weird. Matter of fact, I got a bite of that too here. I heard a weird noise, like some kind of banging on the pipes. Well, it must have been me. I was in the study doing some paperwork. <laughs> this hour? <laughs> I couldn't sleep. <laughs> heard some banging on some pipes. Must have been me doing some paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> because you know that the, all the racket you make writing. <laughs> yeah, you need a monkey wrench to bang on those bars when you when you're having to fill out those forms. I do like the next day is she's coming home from school the next day and there's like ambulances and cop cars and stuff everywhere. So she, she's panicked. She's like, oh, my God, did you know, did my mom die? Because, you know, at the beginning, you, you're already led to believe that her mom's going to die at some point or, right. or she's the target for, a, uh, you know, a hit. And she gets there and you find out that, no, it was a it was an electrocution. There was a, a basically a electrician a, who came there. Well, it was a meter reader. That's that's what oh, I was. Is that what it was? And I'm like, oh, what? okay. How does a murder reader get get electrocuted inside the house? <laughs> Why would he be in the house? <laughs> well, well, and they even they even make some jokes about it about uh, the, like the people are like, man, he should have known better than that. Like, because they say he was like standing in water while he was checking it. <laughs> and, yeah, I heard meter reader. Now maybe I was dozing in and out at the time, but no, like, it may it may have been. I just, I mean, I saw, I mean, I heard electricity, so I just assumed, but you know, the meter's electric too, so. <laughs> yeah, but normally it's Maybe. on the side of the house. 
Not all the way in the basement where nobody knows the guy even is. Right. So for three days, Christy, cheerful of Hewitt, she decides to follow her stepdad on a bike around town. <laughs> and <laughs> it, her logic is actually pretty good here because she loses him the first two days. So basically, she finds the spot where she lost him the day before and starts there the next day until the third day where she <laughs> follows him to a house and she catches him with a new woman. And I have to stop us here because... Again, the 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 main the the fifth beetle in this whole thing is this stupid soundtrack, man. And it changes from <laughs> day to day on the bicycle. <laughs> so on day one, you get this. And then the second day, you get this. <laughs> it's like comedy music from Cannonball Run or something. <laughs> and then the last day, we're going to get jazzy on you because it goes like this. It's almost like, again, it, 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 this thing feels like a TV show, and it may be because it's Lorimar, so it's kind of got that Streets of San Francisco, Barnaby Jones kind of feel to it, but then it feels like an after-school special because it's dealing with teen things. Yeah. It's really, oh, yeah. really bizarre, man. <laughs> <laughs> she catches up on this new woman. She's peeking in the window, and... Uh... This is, um, I believe, the first time she catches him. The woman's sitting on on her stepdad's lap. Yeah. And she ends up getting caught by, like, some random dude there and knocking over, like, an aquarium <laughs> outside. Well, And then the, just making a dad mad dash for it. Yeah, the dude comes around the corner and he's carrying a, a couple of bags of groceries. And that, my first response was like, you know, random dude just walking by with groceries in his hand, passing that close by somebody's house. Pretty odd. <laughs> But, well, uh, that, that, that he that he bumps into somebody who's actually like peeping. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's crazy. And there's more explanation to who he is a little later on. But I thought if there was no other explanation, that'd been perfect because that is so random. <laughs> this dude just be walking with groceries right by your windows of your house. <laughs> is that the same guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was the the same guy from later. Yeah. Okay. Um. So so she gets home. She she tries to race her her dad home or stepdad home. And she tells the mom that, you know, he's he's been at this house with this other woman. And, of course, the mom takes his side. And uh, the whole thing here is weird, though, because I feel like in the, the first um, the first third of this movie, uh, they basically steer away from anything that Christy says because she's, you know, been on medication or she's had, like, episodes or something like that. So it's like anything she says is can be discredited because, you know, right. apparently she's mental. But, they, but the only thing they had to base that on is the fact that her stepdad stole stole her mom from her other for her real dad. So there's really that's the only thing she's ever really done to act out. They don't really have anything else in their arsenal that they that I've heard. And, and of course the daughter ends the conversation with, Well just wait till he kills you. <laughs> like Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I do like that. I like how Christy like 
how she says these things right in front of them every time too. It's like, there's, there's you would think she'd pull somebody aside and be like, Hey, here's what I think's happening. You know, away yeah. from the person you think's going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. She's full um, on but, Nancy from, from Nightmare on M street. I mean, she's that kind of, you know, vocal about everything that's going on. So, well, well then she asks him, she asks him to explain the pipes because she thinks he, he meant to kill the mom, but he accidentally killed the meter reader. So they, they take her downstairs to show her that it wasn't it wasn't him banging on pipes. It was him sneaking in her her gift. But since she knows about it now, you know, give it to her a little early, which is a 12 speed bike. Right. And even he makes a he even makes a comment to her about how he's like, it'll be a lot easier for her to keep up with me now that you got 12 you speeds. Got 12, 12 speeds on this one. Yeah, he's a pretty cool dude, man, for all circus. And we forgot to mention his name is Paul Fox. It is. <laughs> you might hear that a few times in this episode. <laughs> Something we missed earlier in the movie that I wanted to talk about also is uh, the day of the electrocution is that she goes to, I guess, a high school friend's house that she's just, just walks inside. They're blasting some music. She walks in and this guy is just, just taking her friend just straight to pound town. Like, and <laughs> And um, it's funny because, like, at first her friend kind of gets upset and, like, don't you knock kind of thing. And then the next scene, she meets her in the kitchen and they're just like, so what's going on? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the thing, too, is it's almost like the Pondo thing where you just bust in. It's like, yeah, you got enough knockers in here. I don't have to knock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And then as soon as after that, like you said, they're in the kitchen, they're talking. And then the boyfriend comes in there. Josh, and he's got his little radio. I was like, man, 80s kids, we couldn't do anything without our music playing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty true. <laughs> One thing I will say about Josh, we can't call him Josh. We got to call him Josh Dealey, because every time she referred to him, she said Josh Dealey. Right. She's like, oh, shove it, Josh Dealey. <laughs> so, um, but so back to where we were before, uh, the next day after she gets the bicycle, she convinces Josh Dealey to steal her mom's car with him. <laughs> and. <laughs> Basically, go and follow this uh, mistress around who, um, right. I think they know her name is what, Brenda something or other? Bowl or something like that. Yeah, Brenda Bowl. Um, and what ends up happening is um, the the accelerator pops off and keeps accelerating. <laughs> or the, ga- the gas pedal pops off. And then right. the brakes go out simultaneously. <laughs> and so... We get this in this, you know, and that sounds terrifying, and in real life it would be, but the scene wasn't played for like terror's sake. It was played yeah. like like some slapstick stuff. Exactly. Like they're driving around town. They almost hit a baby, crossing a uh, woman with a baby carriage. Like they almost kill like seventeen people. <laughs> oh, the car's just barely like sideswiping other cars. <laughs> <laughs> they even try to take out a church's fried chicken, which really wouldn't have been that bad of a deal. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even know churches was around back then until I saw that. I was like, man, yeah. that's an old churches. <laughs> Uh, I had no but, idea. I didn't know why, but yeah, and just you know, because she's stopping on the brakes, not doing anything, and then finally Josh sticks his foot over there, and he stomps on it, and it actually does stop. So it's like, okay, that doesn't make any sense, but we'll go with it. Well, and, and this other thing too is I used to have a car that did this, but when you take the keys out of the ignition, the the wheel would lock up, and yeah. so he takes the, the the keys out of the ignition, and of course the power steering locks up, so you know she can't steer either. Yeah, and so they're, they're and just doing 65 down a straightaway. 
<laughs> and can't steer it. Brilliant. <laughs> Well, it's great too, because I guess there were there were there were no phone calls made to her parents, to cops, to anybody, because the yeah. next scene is just her walking walking into a mechanic's place, right. uh, and the the mechanic's like, yeah, he's like, uh, it's a carburetor spring that came loose or got jammed or whatever, <laughs> and he acts he's he's really weird about it. Very he's acting very suspicious, and he's kind of giving her the side eye, and he walks off, and she's like, what? What's going on? He said, she's like, have you seen that before? He's like, no, actually, in my twenty years, I've never seen that happen. <laughs> like so, so basically. He's implying that, you know, it was sabotaged. Yeah. So she knows right there that, you know, her mom was going to be driving that car and die that day. But, of course, she took the car and almost died. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And that's that's kind of the layout of this whole thing. He keeps trying to set traps for her to be killed. And, and well, supposedly he is. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's just like, you know, we said Tom Holland earlier. And that was his whole thing about uh, about Fright Night was making it about basically rear, rear window. Where, uh, you know, somebody's seeing something going on, but you don't believe them because they're a young teen. You know, it's that typical thing. And it's played out the same way on this. And uh, But you're just getting to experience more things with her than you normally do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and everything that's happening is just is so much of a coincidence. that, And the fact that nobody believes her, it's weird. Yeah. But uh, that next day, she ends up following Brenda. She got, she got her buddy with her, the, the one that was naked earlier. Uh, I just oh, called, yeah. I called her Sasquatch because she's a big old girl, man. She is. She's she's very tall. I mean, yeah. Andre the Giant, big. <laughs> yeah. I'd mess with Squatch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so she, they both follow the mistress to the to the motel, and uh, she catches Paul just going at it with this woman. <laughs> yeah, in the window. But the funny thing about this is. Is she's peep? She's peeking through the window. She sees him and her talking. She sees her take off her top, or whatever, and like kind of climb on top of Paul. Yeah. And then she runs downstairs, tells her friend to come up there so yeah. she can be her second, her eyes, so she can be her witness. That's right. Come and on, Chewie. You got to see this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but by the time, uh, by the time they get back up there, which is a minute later, he's already outside, clothed and walking out. <laughs> and I, I got like, that wow. too. I was like, man. That was quick, cause I mean, she—they were just getting naked when they ran down the steps, and when she come back, and he's already outside, fully clothed. Man, well, here's my theory. <laughs> I'm pretty sure back in '78, see, six years has passed, but I'm pretty sure that's still Judith Meyer's boyfriend <laughs> from Halloween, right? Because <laughs> that guy was the same way. It's like you just walked up there, dude. <laughs> so, but okay, so Paul catches them and. Instead of them, they're running from them. Instead of them getting into their vehicle, they just leave it there. They decide to run through some <laughs> some underbrush, and it turns into like a retarded episode of Charlie's Angels. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the music's well, playing. The, it's like, chicka, 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 and it's just like, oh man, so bad. <laughs> John Paul Jones, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yes, give him a hand. And he wonders Bro, why they never. Zeppelin. They wondered why they didn't invite him back. So all these theories of why Zeppelin never got back together. Wait, it's not just got bottom died. It's like no, because we heard that soundtrack you did for that stupid eighties movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, the thing here though that really gets me is so, so they're running through like a wooded area, and her friend starts coughing. Oh. Like she sounds like me when I'm having an asthmatic fit because <laughs> like, it's, it's really bad coughing. And she's like, "Oh, are you all right?" She goes, "Yeah." She goes. 
She goes, I'm just just sick. She goes, oh, what's wrong with you? Oh. Well, I was trying to tell you earlier, but I'm pregnant. Oh, hold on, man. Because <laughs> I've got all this. <laughs> oh, okay. This is straight up, like you said earlier, after school special. I mean, you are getting the life of a teen with just a crazy type ending on it. <laughs> Let's see here. Last week, gotta go see a doctor, maybe. I did yesterday. Yeah, what'd he say? I'm pregnant. Jeez, no kidding? No kidding. That's what I've been wanting to tell no you kidding. for the last three hours. Josh's? Yeah. Does he know? No. What are you gonna do? An abortion, of course. Don't you think maybe you should tell Josh? Why? It's not like he's gonna marry me or anything. I guess not. Hey, I like sleeping with him. <laughs> I'm only 17, just like you. I'm not gonna settle down right now. I want to party and travel. I have my whole life in front of me. Okay, so <laughs> let me go ahead and say right now, okay, first of all, that conversation is just the whole, he's not going to marry me. Besides, I like sleeping with him. <laughs> That's such a weird transition in conversation. What the hell are you saying? Oh. When they say this, and, and she's telling her this, within a minute, something so drastic happens in this movie that you wonder why they even said it. Like, why it was even like introduced as a plot point. Why is it even a point, right? Exactly. Yeah. And... Because obviously you heard she just gets mowed down by a car, and I have to say and she does. Yeah, it looks great. It's some death proof type stuff, man. Like he he hits her going like seventy. Yeah, and I mean her body you know collapses, goes on top of the car, and when she she skids across the the ground, man, it's like wow. Because I don't think that's a dummy. I think it's a stunt person actually sliding on the ground like that. It. it looks- I think it was Yeti. I think it was the Yeti. <laughs> They actually hit. They killed squash, the man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then the car, the car just speeds off from there, and it's funny because it is the same car as the stepdad. It's actually the girl's Which? car. It's the the Bar- Brenda Barbara Brenda Barbara. Oh, well, well, it's yes, yeah, the it's the Brenda. T- yeah, Brenda. It's the the brown colored Mustang that she was driving. Oh yeah, <clears throat> okay. Man, these vehicles were hard to keep track of in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, most of them are Dodges, so that's the thing about it. That stupid car she drove earlier that was her mom's car that messed up. You know what? Uh-huh. That was a that was a Reliant K, <laughs> a Dodge Reliant K. So chances are, you know, probably nobody did anything to it. That's just how much those sucked back then. <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible, terrible cars. The next scene, it cuts to oh, the, the hospital. <laughs> and it has a doctor walking out telling, telling – uh, telling Sasquatch's parents that she's she didn't make it through surgery she's she passed away but he don't even say and that he don't even say that much <laughs> he just walks out and goes I'm sorry she didn't make it <laughs> I'm sorry your daughter died <laughs> and it's just like wow <laughs> Ben well, I like though at the same time at the same time it, oh yeah at the same time you have uh, Christy's parents yeah well yeah stepdad Paul and then her mom Sitting back there, and Paul's like, I, he's like, I think I should tell her. <laughs> so he exactly. comes up to her, and he, he tells her, I, I, she didn't make it through surgery, just so you know. I mean, yeah, he's I know. just laying it on thick. But he, the thing is, is 
they're all in the same room. She wasn't 15 feet from the doctor when he just told the parents. I think she already knew. <laughs> but yeah, he's probably just trying to rub it in. I don't know. But I just thought that was stupid. <laughs> well, well, then she she ends up going to talk. The, the commissioner wants to speak to her. So right. who the commissioner is uh, is J- Josh Dealey's dad. Right. That's not the way I'm talked about. But um, so she goes to talk to him, and the first thing she tells him is, um, you know, she knows who who killed. Like she says, it's not an accident. She knows who killed her, and it was her stepdad, Paul. And he's like, well, Paul's got a well. Does, I actually I don't know if. I think he says they'll look into it or something, right? Yeah. Later, she goes to school and the commissioner's there to talk to her. Yeah. And the commissioner's like, totally. like hey, your, mo- your mother says that Paul was with her at the time of this, so it's not even possible that that's the case. And and the whole time he's saying this, he's in there like a like a little like a desk chair, and he's going side to side like a kid. <laughs> the whole time he's talking to her, side to side. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's you would never expect an adult to talk to you like that, especially if they're an official and they're telling you like they're dealing with like a murder case. It's possibly. no crazier than the scene right before it though, when she's in the library and all the kids are like making fun of her for being the reason that she killed that Sasquatch got killed. It's like it everybody knows it's your fault. I'm like, What <laughs> how does how does that get around that it's your fault that somebody got ran over by a car who you know, she was out in the road. <laughs> well, also, uh, the only person that comes to her defense is Josh Dealey. He like he actually right. almost beat some guy's butt for her. But, uh, yeah, because that's right before she has to go talk to the commissioner. <laughs> so weird. So, um, I don't know if I'm skipping anything, but uh, basically, I think it's the same day, day after, after Squatch dies, yeah. that Josh Dealey takes Christy back to her house, and uh, <laughs> things, wow, things just really... <laughs> Really intensified. Not you would think if your best friend died or your girlfriend died, you would give it more than twenty four hours, probably before you're trying yeah. to, trying to bed her best friend. Yeah, and it's weird because they're both like completely into it. It's like, and so they cut away. Things are like kind of like you know, kind of like a little bit like uh, emotional and stuff, and, and nothing too like crazy. When it pans back to it, he's just—it's <laughs> so rough. It's it's like. I mean, it was so unexpected uh, because she's like, because the whole thing is she's a virgin. So like they, right. that, they kind of you made a whole deal about that. So it cuts away from them kind of like taking clothes off and stuff. And it cuts to um, Paul and her mom pulling into the driveway, into the garage. <laughs> and when it pans back from that, it is straight up like pound town, man. Like, <laughs> I'm like, are you serious with this? I was, la- I was laughing so hard because I'm like, oh my God. That really caught me off guard. Like, uh, gotta give us a little warning before you do something like that. And uh, of course, you know, uh, the, they get caught almost immediately by Paul. And even though we're talking about Josh in this situation, there's there's another situation that happened earlier that's kind of like this as well. And it's basically when <laughs> when Christy comes home and she <laughs> she hears Paul Fox. And he's laying some pipe, too. <laughs> it kind of sounded like this. How did I forget that scene? <laughs> oh. The best best part about that scene where she catches her mom and Paul together is that she goes and she peers through the door crack for about thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Before she decides to go to her room. 
It's like, Man. how much of that did you need to see? <laughs> well, not near as much she sees of the other one that's coming up. <laughs> oh, no. No, there's one coming up that's like straight up like softcore. But this whole Josh but, um, thing, man, is so bizarre because you're going from, just like you said, and we had the conversation with with Chewbacca earlier where, hey, I just <laughs> like sleeping with him and he's not going to marry me. Well, apparently not because it took him no time to get over you. <laughs> Her body's still warm. <laughs> Yeah, and then the uh, Paul catches him upstairs and makes him leave, and he kind of holds it over her head of, you know, her mom don't know anything about it because she's in another room, and, you know, I don't go tell people other people's business and all that kind of crap. Which is funny because, like, you mean the business of you trying to kill my, my mom? <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a difference here. I feel like I have a little bit more leverage over you. Absolutely. But I do like this, though, because, like, he, he panics and he goes into the bathroom. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, because uh, apparently he was about to blow her up. Yeah, it's Chris- Christy's bathroom. It's right outside of her bedroom, and it's like an, on a, a second floor of the house. Yeah, and he goes in there, and he had the, the, the gas, you know, the pilot light out, and the gas just going in the room. He had put rags under the doorway. I mean, when he goes in there, he takes a deep breath <laughs> and holds his breath so he can go in there. It's just like, yeah, that's not obvious at all. <laughs> <laughs> she follows him in there and watches him start changing all this stuff. It's like, wow, this guy's this guy's got some guts. <laughs> well, he's just he's just so careless. That's the funny thing is he's so careless that it's all for money. But it, you would think that at some point he'd realize that somebody would probably investigate this. <laughs> but the next day, so Christy goes to sleep. The next day, she wakes up and uh, to she hears. I think she wakes up to the sound of her mom tumbling down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, goes down there. Her mom's had her, her leg is broke, and of course, you know Paul's standing over, or he actually crouched down, and he's trying to help her. And he's he looks at uh, Christy and says, "Call an ambulance." And of course, she's thinking, <laughs> "Yeah, you did this on purpose, whatever." But you know, he acts like he's worried about her. So I guess he expected her to fall and break her neck, but she just broke a leg. So now he has to act like he cares. Yeah. And so and he, at the hospital too, he's trying to be like that. Should I be like that cheery stepdad where he's wheeling the chair up to the bed like, all right, so me and Chris, you'll take turns wheeling you around. And like, uh, you mean after you throw her down some stairs? <laughs> uh, then, then it gets to where we we get to where Paul goes back to the, the, the lady's house. And oh, yeah. so there's a dude sitting in the living room that's supposedly her brother. And he's sitting there just watching TV while they're in the room. And I mean, they are going to town. This is. This is Cinemax level stuff going on right here, where oh they're, yeah, where they're standing, and I mean, it's you see pretty much, you see all of her, anyways. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing you don't see on her. Yeah, so uh, it's like wow, I can't believe this. And so Christy walks up, and she has a Polaroid camera, <laughs> <laughs> and she sticks it up in the window, and it stays there forever. I'm like. Are you going to take the picture, or are you just watching? What's the deal here? She well, finally. I think feels- that was kind of the. I think that was the suspense of it, is because I thought they were going to catch her just sticking the camera in there. Right. Yeah. But but they catch her because she's dumb and she has the flash on. <laughs> and, she, and then when she takes the picture, the picture spits out and it just goes inside the house. So she knows <laughs> she don't have a picture. It's like, yeah, you didn't think that through very well, did you? And then you just get pandemonium. So oh, it's it goes it goes into some full domestic disputes here, like some straight up like, oh man, some of the violence in the scene is pretty brutal. 
but you know she she takes off running. Christy takes off running out in the woods around the house. So all three of them are coming out and they're chasing. And during this process, she sneaks back in the house and gets in the bathroom and hides in the in the tub basically. And then Paul is still outside running around. Well, the 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 supposedly brother and sister come back in the house. Well, you find out they're actually married. They're a married couple. And and he found the photo. Yeah, he found the photo. She's like, "You're enjoying this." Well, I'm like. This is just a weird situation, man. Because, like I said, he was sitting there watching TV and all this was going on a while ago. That's One room just, over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally weird. But now he blows up like he didn't know she was doing it. I it just, I don't understand it. <laughs> Anyways, he starts slapping her around, tells her to get cleaned back up or whatever. And she almost gets in the tub. And uh, so the girl's hiding. Chrissy's trying to hide. And then finally... Uh, something changes. She sneaks out. And when she's outside, this guy that's her husband grabs her and actually hands her the Polaroid picture and says, go. Go so on he, now, get. Yeah. <laughs> and she takes off. So now she's got the picture. And he's thinking the, the whole story behind all this is they're framing Paul. You know, Paul's going to kill off his wife and get the money. And then they're planning on knocking off Paul and they'll have all of it. That's kind of the plan that's the genius of this movie that's the story of where we're at so they're thinking the faster they get her knocked off the faster they can take care of business and they'll have what they've been trying to get all along so that's the setup we got going on so it's not brilliant seems a little forced uh (laughs) just weird with the you know letting your wife do these things this other guy in the next room and yeah it's all for money well, I also, I mean, that's the thing I was talking about. It's not, and I wasn't necessarily like brutal. It's not like, you know, horror movie brutal, but it's like the scene where he's like smacking her around and like yep. choking her against the door and stuff. It's like, holy crap. Like, yeah. this is like full on, like, this is like something you'd see in a Lifetime movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost uh, more blood. A little more left house, well, uh, last house and left kind of, you know, That's what I was around. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that kind of feel to it. So again, just the weirdest combination of after school special and the last house on the left. I don't even know another movie. That you could even say that in the same sentence. <laughs> so, so she goes home, Christy goes home and she just barely beats Paul there. We got one scene. We got to talk about right before that though. When she leaves the house, she sees Josh. Cause remember he comes to the, he comes to the house and knocks on the door as a distraction for her to get out. Remember that? Oh Yeah. And then and she sees him down the road and, and they're talking and he's trying to be all lovey-dovey because, you know, they just got together and hooked up and all this stuff earlier. <laughs> and, uh, well, I forgot about the scene. And she tells him this. Josh, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to go to bed with you again. <laughs> I don't want to go to bed with anybody ever again. That I'm music. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what just is so crazy about this movie it's like they got the total it's like they it's like john paul jones probably wrote a totally different soundtrack and they just grabbed their own reel and they just threw this in there (laughs) i do like that though i don't want to go to bed with you anymore i don't want to go to bed with anybody ever again (laughs) well i mean the way that he was going after it you know that's their first oh yeah i can see why (laughs) yeah yeah Definitely. All right. So now we're back to the to where she gets to the house, and she's got the pick. She gets home, and Paul comes up to her because he knows she has the photo. He's like, "Give me the photo, you little whatever." 
And uh, the mom catches him trying to take this photo from her. And she, so she's like, let me see it. So <laughs> the mom sees the photo. And of course she wants, she wants Paul out of there. And, right. and this is, this is when we get this really weird, really weird, big revelation. He starts smacking her around and telling her that she's a, she's a, she's basically a disgusting pig and he never was attracted to her. He's like, you know how hard it was to sleep with you and kiss you and tell you I loved you? Apparently, when he was a kid, he was so jealous of her family's, like, um, yeah, like wealth. Uh, yeah, the wealth they yeah, had. Well, well, yeah, like, basically, like, the, her family owns auto or uh, car dealerships. And he was so jealous of that that, like, it just made him stick to his stomach to where he wanted to get back at her one day. And this was – apparently, he even says this is, wasn't even about the money. This is just about getting back at you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that's an elaborate plan just to get back at somebody. You marry them? Well, <laughs> I've got some samples of that but, here too. Let's see. Uh, We've got to talk about I it. I just want you out of this house now. It's, oh. That's for every time I kissed you and I wanted to throw up. <laughs> you think it was for your money? You think that's why I've been trying to kill you? <laughs> I've always hated you. Ever since I was a kid watching you drive past with your rich dad in his big car. Well, I finally got rich by marrying you. But I didn't love you. Touching you. Talking pretty to you. That music. Skin <laughs> it's just the wrong music, man. Think about that the rest <laughs> of your life. It's like going with the wind, going with the wind music in the background during this scene. <laughs> just so bizarre. Oh man, it is so weird. He's just slapping her around for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and then Paul and, and the baddies show up. They finally decide to show up at the house, and uh, yeah, they take uh, <laughs> they take the mom, and uh, she's still in a wheelchair, and just uh. <laughs> They beat her up a little bit first. They slap her around. First, they beat her a little bit. Yeah. Then they just throw her down the stairs. They go down in the basement, (laughs) wheelchair and all. (laughs) And the same goes with Christy. They throw her on down the stairs too, and she lands on top of her. And it's Uh, funny because these were stunt actors. Like that, that looked like a pretty steep fall. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So just, I mean, (laughs) it looked pretty brutal. And then while they're down there, they're you know, tending to their own wounds and stuff. And then they realize the storm door. Ah, we can get out of the storm door. And they go to open the storm door. And, of course, you know, who's standing there? That's right. So, yeah, he's out there. And they start this very unusual dialogue again. And this is where Christy... Let's Paul know what he doesn't know about this couple, and uh, that's pretty interesting too. I got a, a sound bite of that as well. You think he's a brother, don't you? Well, he's not. He's our husband, and he hates you for sleeping with her. She doesn't even like you. She's only doing it so they can get mom's money. Don't, don't, don't. Where's that music at? <laughs> exactly. One thing we forgot to mention also is that when they put them in the basement, they tell them, they're like, we're going to be back at two to kill you. <laughs> they're going to make it look like a home invasion. I'll tell you what, you have to give it to them because they do try to stay on track because several times throughout this process, we kill them at two. <laughs> that's that's the perfect Can't time. Can't we just to- throw it here, Ricky? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to do it at two. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, oh. he he goes back inside after locking the door so they can't get out in the basement, and we get the pass the ketchup scene where you know the supposedly brother and sister sitting there and he sees them like touch each other's hands when they're passing the ketchup, so he knows right then. All right, 
I'm being clowned on here. So the brilliant person that Paul is, I, I love this idea because of the lines we get out of it. He goes and grabs Christy and brings her upstairs. Uh, and he wants to use her to kind of prove the point of, you know, this is all set up. <laughs> but here's his explanation of bringing her upstairs. What's she doing here? She's going to make blueberry pancakes. She makes great <laughs> pancakes. I can make pancakes. Can make some better. How do you know? You ever taste my pancakes? <laughs> Shut up, Brenda. <laughs> Come on, man. This is short bus material right here, man. What's she doing up here? She's oh, gonna yeah. make she's gonna make blueberry pancakes. What's wrong? <laughs> What's wrong with my pancakes? You ever had my pancakes? Kid makes them better. Have you ever tasted my pancakes? It's like, where's this going? <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's really bad. And it's funny too, because you think that with his plan, he would have had a way better excuse for bringing her up there. <laughs> she's gonna make some pancakes. <laughs> he randomly, he randomly at like midnight wants some pancakes. <laughs> man. Uh, just that just floored me right there. Uh, just <laughs> my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh, and then at this point, because she's up there and they kind of bring out the reality of what's really going on. And Paul pulls out a gun and he's pointing it at the other guy. And then the, the bow girl, bowl girl, <laughs> the bowl girl gets up, the bow girl. <laughs> smacks the gun out of his hand. And then we get a we get a fight that I mean it's a sound man's nightmare because they're fighting in the middle of a bunch of pots and pans <laughs> and it just sounds like this. Sounds like the Blue Man Group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I mean the fight, fight scene seems to go on for a while too. It is way too long. It's kind of ridiculous looking, and and it's just <laughs> all these pots and pans on the wall, and they're hitting the pots and pans more than they are each other. It's just that <laughs> sounds like the Blue Man Group. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point. Chrissy takes off running. She goes upstairs. Yeah, I think she goes to the bathroom. She's going to rig up the, the, the bathroom for that situation. And then uh, the so-called brother is looking for her, and he finds her and tells her to get out of the bathroom and bring her, bring her out. And at the same time, her and her mom come up with this plan. I think this is it, right? Where they tell her. Get a short out. Turn the power out. Count to, count to 20 and turn the lights out, right? Yep. No, is it that or no? The water shorts it out. The water shorts it out. Remember, she rigs the wire. She trims the wire. And she's like, "Where'd you learn how to do all this?" Shop. <laughs> like, oh yeah, what? shop class. <laughs> so she rigs yeah, it. All her friends made fun of her for taking it too. Yeah, yeah, because this, this it's kind of it's almost the same scenario from earlier. What fried the meter eater? But she trims back some wire to expose it. And has a water leak going on. So the water is going to leak on it and eventually short everything out, shut off the electricity. And it just so happens exactly at this time when when she comes out of the bathroom and she's found a little knife that she had in her cabinet or something in her room. Christy comes out of the bathroom and then gets slapped. And then dude's just holding her like over the banister by her neck. 
ends up stabbing him in the leg, doesn't she? She stabs she stabs one the one dude in the arm, and then she stabs Paul in the leg. You can't see any of this. <laughs> no, it, no, it's all done. It's all done in the in the uh, you know in the darkness, yeah, complete no, darkness. You, you just see him kind of limping around afterwards. So, so all this is going on. She's trying her best to get out of this situation. Then all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door, and it's Josh. And uh, they tell Paul to you know make him leave. And of course, Josh insists, "I'm not leaving till I see Christy." <laughs> so she goes up to the door. <laughs> And of course, the, the dude that's holding her hostage, the the brother guy, gives her this dialogue of "Yeah, you listen to me." He gives her these uh, these rules that she has to do, or everybody gets it, you know, kind of deal. But yeah, her talking to Josh at the door is pretty classic. You get rid of him, or I'll kill not only you and your mother, but him too. Brenda, cover the old lady. We got her covered. Polly, into the living room. You understand now? She's the first to go. Thank you. And the boy. Open it. (laughs) Hi, Josh. What are you doing up this late? I called earlier. Your stepfather answered. He wouldn't let you come to the phone. So he's an asshole. What's he even doing in the house? Didn't you show your mother that picture of him and that woman? Yeah, I did. But she forgave him. She did? Even after seeing that picture? You know what they say. Love is blind. Oh, Josh, can't you see him lying? Oh, he can. He can. What are you doing dressed? I was still out doing some homework. At one in the morning? (laughs) Look, something's wrong, isn't it? No, of course not. Look, I want to come in and talk to you. Come on, let me in. Listen, you little asshole, I'm being punished. (laughs) After you were through with me the other night, I was bleeding all over the place. Mom found my clothes, I had to tell her why. What we did wasn't wrong. We care about each other. Did you tell your mother that? I couldn't. Why not? Because I don't care about you, you stupid idiot. I don't like you. I just wanted to lose my chair to someone. Anyone, even a garbage man. Leave me alone. <laughs> Between pancakes yeah, and garbage man, these, these are the best lines in the movie. <laughs> I just wanted to lose my cherry to somebody. Anybody, even the garbage man. <laughs> that sounds like the start of a oh different kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, and you know the funny thing is, this whole scene... All I kept thinking is while she's talking to uh, to Paul, uh, not Paul to Josh, so I'm thinking, why doesn't she just wink? <laughs> why does she just wink while she's yeah, saying these things? Because like, nobody can see her <laughs> face. She could very easily just go, you know, just move her eyebrows or something, you know. But no, she she plays it off, man. <laughs> no, I don't even like you, stupid idiot. <laughs> this is where they they bring her back in and they take the girls and put them back downstairs because at two o'clock we're back we're back at the two o'clock plan again. At two o'clock, we oh, kill yeah, them. Oh damn! And this is this is where it, actually it was the mom that turned off the light earlier. This is this is the trimming the wire thing because I say Christy goes MacGyver right here, and uh, so the goons go to get the girls and bring them back up when it's the, when it's two o'clock. They were they were gonna kill them in their beds, but they decided it's gonna be too hard to get the mom up the stairs. Right? Yeah. So we'll just do it right here. 
And then Christy, you know, starts struggling. She falls down, and Paul's going to shoot her in the face. And then right when he gets ready to shoot, the lights go off, and the mom nudges Paul. And then Paul misses and misses when he does the shot. So Josh, I think he kind of figured out that something was wrong. I guess garbage man was the key word. (laughs) (laughs) That's never a safe word, garbage man. Right. And he goes and gets his dad, who's the investigator. Remember how this all ties in. They go to the house. And uh, this is where the the the, the lady uh, of the hour, the woman that Paul's been messing around with, goes downstairs to turn the lights back on. And guess what? She's standing in a puddle of water. She goes to turn the lights on, and it looks just like Home Alone too. <laughs> when she's getting electrocuted, because her hair is blowing up in the back, you can tell they just put a fan behind her, and her hair is just going straight up. And she's like. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty fantastic. If she would only got up when she got there and went, Harry, Harry. <laughs> It'd been just like Home Alone 2. <laughs> so she's fried. And then Paul's looking for Christy. <laughs> and he thinks she's in the bathroom. So guess what? He opens the bathroom and boom. <laughs> <laughs> Blows the whole top floor off the house. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's burnt to a crisp. He's looking pretty rough. And then, uh, like 20 seconds later, I mean, seriously, like 20 seconds later, cop cars, fire trucks, ambulances, everybody's at this house that fast. It's like as soon as the explosion happened, everybody showed up. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that or not, but it's just like, boom! Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like, wow. <laughs> it must have like a panic button in the house because of you know, all the freaking accidents. Man, if they'd only known about uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, this, this family could have been mega rich. <laughs> just recorded all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Just just the wheelchair down the stairs alone. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> so, uh, what happened What happened to the other guy? I can't remember what happened to he. I'm, I think he just escapes, doesn't he? I guess so. Because I'm trying to remember, too, because I remember at the very end of the movie, she's worried about him coming back to find her because the police didn't catch him. Yeah, maybe so. Oh, that's that's very true. Yeah, because they are worried about that. Yeah. Mother and daughter reunite, and they're staying at the at the investigator's house now, at Josh's house. Because how do we know that? <laughs> because the mom says so. She even tells us. goes like this. Well, do you have to go? Commissioner Dealey wants me to go through her house with him. He has a lot of questions. Still looking for Lacey Bowl, isn't he? That's why you're going back to make sure he's dead. Don't even think it. Mom, I want to know he's dead just as bad as you do. You'll be safe here. This is the police commissioner's house. I'll send Josh back to keep oh, the company. I didn't know that. Thanks yeah. for telling me. <laughs> I just thought it was Josh's love- house. <laughs> I do love that. I love that. Let's send, let me send Josh back to keep you company after you know what happened two nights ago. <laughs> He'll keep you all sorts of company while you're while you're waiting to be murdered. They have that little. They have that that false scare at the end where you, you heard yeah. the doors kind of like creaking and she hears somebody coming toward it. And is it going to be Lacey Bowles? Which is weird. I never heard of a guy named Lacey before, but apparently that's a thing. Uh, but uh, and as soon as she gets kind of close to the door, she keeps calling out for uh, Josh. Keeps calling, and there's no right. response. And all of a sudden, he comes through the door like Kool Aid Man. <laughs> oh yeah! Like, gr- grabs a hold of her. I'm Actually, like, he jumps through and he, the room like Kramer. He kicks the door open and he says, "Montorino, 
You're gonna die! <laughs> oh, if only. If only. <laughs> and you I nailed just, it, though. You know, it's like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> just knocks, a, knocks the door wide open. Hey, babe! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, this girl's probably, her nerves are a little bit shot at this point. You might, you might enter a room like a normal human being. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much the way the movie ends. And... That's, oh yeah, <laughs> that's this movie. <laughs> uh, this movie's wild, man. This is a wild movie. This is, and I say it's wild because I mean, even though it's slow in parts and stuff, it just—I honestly never knew what was going to happen in this movie. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, just it—it it kept changing so much. And I think it's because it has that after-school special feel about it, and then they just jab you with this weirdness all of a sudden. I—I I, I think that's kind of what keeps you kind of going. I—I I really don't know what I'm watching here. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like okay. it could it could go one or two ways. It could be after school special, or it could just turn into a straight up seventy style porno. It's just got a oh, weird yeah. feel about it. And like not- you said earlier, like it does have it does have a very last house feel to it. Not necessarily yeah. like in like I mean I don't know. I mean it's not as uh, of course it's not as expletive as that, but still descending on the house and trying to take over the you know the two girls right and just the whole, the whole thing is just very yeah it's very dark yeah. in parts. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying it, but this this stupid soundtrack to this thing, man, it just I think it messes with your head even more because <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense, man. I I really want to see like a interview with these people just so I can say, hey, you know, John Paul Jones said, yeah, I'd love to do your soundtrack, and this is what we got. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There's no way he saw this movie before doing that soundtrack. There's, There's no way. Can't be. Can't be. Uh, it just it's mind-boggling watching this movie and the music kicks in and it just really steers you the wrong direction because it does not fit whatsoever. None of it fits. <laughs> <laughs> so uh what were they thinking, man? Did you get something get any of those? Again, the soundtrack, man. I mean just uh, that and just the weirdness of the the husband and wife brother sister shenanigans thing that's going on. Just I don't know, man. That was weird. It's a weird combination of stuff that's in this flick. Yeah, I mean, adding the pregnancy subplot one minute before you kill that character <laughs> seemed a little bit like what were they thinking? <laughs> yeah, and just the fact just, of feeling I, like they had to have the doctor say she died. You know. <laughs> and I don't know, man. It's like he just says it and like just starts talking to somebody else. Like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, good to see you here. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, her uh, Bane, her, her dead best friend's boyfriend, less than 24 hours after she's <laughs> mowed down in front of her by a car. Insane. Absolutely it's, insane. Yeah. Well, and then also when they're walking down the street, um, one thing, it wasn't in the audio clip you played, but it's the, the whole virginity talk thing when he's talking to her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and he's like, I didn't mean to hurt you. It's not like that always. Next time we better. I'm like, oh, you mean when you're not like just going at it? Like, just, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Do you want any good lessons from a bad movie with this one? Oh man, pancakes are worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were gonna go to a cook-off, man. They were gonna have like a blueberry pancake competition in there. I may get a sample of. You ever taste my pancakes and just have it on the show from now on? <laughs> That <laughs> just cracks me up. It's I mean, great. I mean, again, it's just so ridiculous. I make good pancakes. Yeah, kid makes them better. You ever taste my pancakes? 
<laughs> so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Any other lessons? Yeah, man. If so, something's wrong, if the chick's brother doesn't leave during naked time, <laughs> if dude's just hanging around, you might as well just go home because something's up. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole scenario is just really strange. Also, I said, uh, never say I've got my whole life in front of me without looking behind you first. <laughs> yeah. Because somewhere Paul Fox is there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> For you that don't know, that's Sweet. The band Sweet. Yeah. Exactly. Didn't they do Ballroom Blitz, too? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. I love Sweet, man. One of my one of my favorite 70s bands, actually. So, uh, my good lessons I learned from this movie, uh, never go towards your parents' sex sounds, ever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you certainly don't peek your head into the room after you're at the door. Yeah. Like, you're just asking for a large therapy bill in your future. Absolutely. Of course, she even makes um, a comment early on in the movie, though, about him being good looking, you know, good looking. Yeah, that's the very first the very first scene. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's already setting you up for some weirdness, man. Never, never pass the ketchup bottle suggestively, ever. <laughs> like, just hand him the bottle. You don't have to caress any hands. It's, right. I mean, that's so weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just... uh, the last good lesson I learned is that shop class teaches you how to electrocute people and blow shit up. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I went to shop. I don't remember that, but. You know, anyway. I don't either. That's the thing is when when she's when she's splicing wires and like doing all this, I'm like, I'm like in shop we mainly worked with wood and some metal. Like we weren't splicing wires and like learning all this. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. That's not the shop that I had. How would you upgrade this? Like I said, man. First and foremost, it, you could really <laughs> make this movie this. better. Is just. With a different soundtrack, man. If you just had some cheap Casio keyboard music going on in some of this, it would actually make some of these scenes better than what we got in it. It's just... Oh, absolutely. It's insane. I also said uh, I would have more Wookiee and more Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> nice. For me, uh, I could have done with a little bit less of the domestic violence stuff. There's a lot of that in this. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a... There's, them punching a teenage girl in the stomach. There's the woman getting the crap kicked out of her by her husband. There's the other woman getting smacked around by her husband. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, they're landing it on pretty thick here. Yeah. Um, and an actual narrator. I feel like they could have had like an older actress narrate her. Like she was doing this from like a, her point of view now. Like, right. like they do in some movies, you know, like right. uh, stand by me and stuff like that. Sure. Um, not, not that I'm saying this is anything like stand by me, but um, what are you talking about? It's just well, like thing it. is this, this, this actress, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stand by me. Rip this movie blue, off. Blueberry pancakes. <laughs> I thought the lead actress was workable for, for the, the the content, but sure. I also didn't. I didn't think she was like Morgan Freeman to narrate it. You know, I thought they needed somebody else to do that. Like, man, I, could I don't you know why. could you imagine though if you had this movie and you had Morgan Freeman <laughs> do the narration for it? That well, would my be wicked. Going to kill. <laughs> my stepdad's going to kill. My mom. <laughs> My name's Christy. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I first met Andy Dufresne. <laughs> I was willing to give it up even I to don't... the garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the best, dude. That would have been so awesome. 
Oh, that would be great. Where would you set this on the bus? Because I'm having a hard time with this one. Yeah, you know, I started off saying just kind of right in the middle. But you know what? I really don't want to see this again. So I'll put it to the next to the last seat. So second from the back. Okay. I'm going to put it in the middle. Yeah. I, I kind of debated because on that. I would, I would watch it again. Um, mainly the reason I would watch it again is just to see how much they could clean up the picture on this thing. Because it's never been on DVD. Yeah. And... Yeah. The version we watched is pretty gritty. Yeah, it's it's total pan and scan. It's directly off of I don't know if it's DVD even quality. It's 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 cropped pretty heavily. So yeah, not a good format. But if you want to see it, it's on YouTube, and that's kind of where I originally kind of put this thing. You know what? The acting is not bad in it. You got some quirky lines, the pancake thing, stuff like that. But uh, overall, it's it's a pretty decently put together movie it's just not a good movie <laughs> <laughs> no and it's it's also you're coming into this knowing that michael winter and tom holland yeah um they had done great things but they went on to do great things also after this yeah and so because i think this was sandwiched between the death wish sequels and i think those i like those yeah i mean yeah. and, and, and the same with tom holland tom yeah. this is the last movie tom holland wrote before he started directing yeah and, you know, and also, uh, you know, with with Winter again, I mean, he's known for that grittiness. I mean, think about the Sentinel and the weird stuff that's in that. So, you know, you're going to get that with him. So it kind of feels like it should lead that way. But then again, I think I, I still go back to this thing being a Lorimar picture because they made TV stuff. I think it's why it's got that TV feel about it. But then it really does. And that's why when, that's when, when they, they, for you, I first heard profanity and I saw nudity in this, I was really shocked Yeah, just because I thought this was made for TV. Yeah. It, it totally looks like it. it even sounds like it with the music and stuff. So, uh, but y'all heard enough about that. <laughs> John Paul Jones. Yeah. How, how the mighty has fallen. Whew. I mean, when did he say, yeah, and here we want the horn section to kick in. <laughs> Uh, all right, folks, we're going to take just a little short break and we will be right back. Get out of the way! Hello, everyone. I'm Rick Morgan, and I want to share with you a scientific breakthrough that can change your life. Many people struggle through life with personal imperfections, shameful actions, and bad habits. So I'm here to tell you that there is a cure. All you have to do is subscribe to the House of Wax Classic Horror Podcast. I've been subscribed for only two months, and my results have been amazing. But don't take my word for it. Listen to these subscribers' success stories. I used to have pampered chef parties at my house and murder everyone that would show up. But after listening to the House of Wax, I don't even cook anymore. I used to have bad teeth, but since subscribing to House of Wax, I show my pearly whites wherever I go. I suffer with the need of bestiality. But since House of Wax, I don't suffer anymore. Huh? Oh no, no, I still love the animals. I just don't feel as guilty with House of Wax playing in the background. So if you need a new horror show, then listen to the House of Wax podcast. It might just save your life. 
House of Wax is a proud member of Legion Podcast. And you can actually see this show on the new YouTube channel. Just look up House of Wax. Hey, you guys! And that does it for this episode of Short Bus Cinema. That movie was a lot of fun to talk about. One thing I didn't mention, though, is like we talked about John Paul Jones a lot. But you think about composers that have come from bands that have been really successful and awesome. Look at like Philip Glass, Danny Elfman, Mark Mothersbaugh. The list is almost right. – there's so many of them. And the fact that it just – that's why you don't hear like composer John Paul Jones is nominated <laughs> for an Academy Award. Right. It's just – it'll never happen. But um, no, this yeah. was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with this episode, man. Yeah, man. It, it's, it's, it's a unique movie. That's the best way to put it. It's very unique. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's good and terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Again, if you want to check it out, if you're a brave soul and you're stowed up at the house, you fell down some stairs and broke your leg and you have to just watch TV, (laughs) give this one a shot and see if you agree with us. And uh, try not to fall asleep (laughs) because it didn't work for me very well. This is a movie I never even heard of before today, but I told several people we're doing this and a lot of people have seen this. Yeah, well, I've seen the the a lot of responses that are on YouTube underneath it. It's like, I've been looking for this movie forever. I could kiss you if I could find you and all this kind of weird stuff because I guess it's that hard to find. I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. And sometimes that's the cool thing about, about talking about movies like this is that, I mean, they are for forgotten. I mean, like, they were totally off my radar. And, and apparently this was somebody's, like, this. they saw this when it originally came out and they, they really loved it. Yeah. And even more so that it doesn't have a DVD release, so people are, like, really clamoring for it. Yeah. And I guess I can see the appeal, especially if you see it at the right age and you identify with maybe the kids or whatever. Because it's not necessarily – I think it's a thing. It's 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 built like it would be a horror movie, but it's really not. Uh, not it has, at all. It has a few scenes in it, but it's got more things in it that make you more uncomfortable than necessarily a scary horror kind of thing. So just it's just a really odd mixture of stuff in this flick. <laughs> it's like basically Nancy Drew if you added like basically rated R Nancy Drew almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very much. That's a that's a good description for this thing. Between retarded Charlie's Angels and R rated Nancy <laughs> Drew, I think I think we've pretty much nailed what this movie is. <laughs> So, yeah, don't forget to, to check out other episodes, all the past stuff we've done. Don't forget to check out Johnny and Joseph on the new show over there. Ninja Terminators are our superiors. In house. In house. And we've got a ton of shows coming up on here as well. We've got several guests that are coming on pretty quickly. And uh, so you'll be getting uh, quite a few doses of the bus coming up pretty soon. So uh, hope you're enjoying it. Don't forget to go to... Uh, <laughs> don't, don't forget to go is to Bobcat iTunes. Goldway talking <laughs> remember that time you was picking on that kid <laughs> uh, yeah don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating and all that good stuff because that only helps more people check out this show so if you enjoy that hey help a brother out <laughs> And also, go go to the Facebook page and uh, let us know what you think about this movie, if you've seen it. Because, I mean, I, I know a lot of people really like this movie, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to see if, if, like, you know, your first experiences were with this movie. Yeah. And just, if you have movies in general that you think should be on the bus, put them out there, man. We'd be glad to try to tackle them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Till then, we're going to head on out of here, folks. Y'all have a good time. Hasta la vista, baby. Peace. Peace.